0: Welcome to Sell Like a Woman, the podcast, the place to be to learn how to get anything you want, whether it's more money, more customers, or even to get your kiddo to go to bed on time or your spouse to help with the laundry. I'm your host, Kendrick Shope, and welcome to Sell Like a Woman, the podcast. The Kendrick Shope Show. I am your host, Kendrick Shope, and you are so lucky to be here with us today because it is Boss Lady Monday, (laughs) and let me tell you, we have got a boss of bosses here with us today, Dr. Donica Moore. Am I pronouncing it? Donica? Am I saying it right? Well, it's it's
1: actually Donica, but I've gotten used to. People want to say Monica with a D, but I always say the D-O-N is like the M-O-N in money.
0: Okay, so, great. So, and that's then all just, of a
1: sudden, people get it.
0: That's my my southern butchering of everybody's name. I do it all the time. Um, but thank you for being here. For those, my you, pleasure. Yeah, for those of you um, who are like, hmm, this woman looks a little familiar. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right because she's been literally everywhere. We're talking about ABC, NBC, Tyra Banks, Steve Harvey, Oprah, <laughs> and that's just a few. She is. A leader, a four fourth uh, I'm getting I'm getting nervous. <laughs> she's a, she is a leader in women's health, and she's here on the Kendrick Show Show. I can't even believe it. Thank you so much for being here. Oh,
1: thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. This is like the pinnacle of my career.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Oprah and then Kendrick, right there, right?
1: <laughs> I, I've never done the Kendrick Show Show before. But I was delighted to have you as a guest on my podcast. So I guess that's how it goes. It's a quid pro quo.
0: It is. And you know, it's
1: such have, a great time.
0: You have such a great podcast. So she has a podcast, for those of you all who don't know, called The Ladies' Room. In the Ladies Room. In the Ladies Room. Excuse me. Thank you very much. <laughs> and it's fabulous. We it's it's well we'll tell everybody, Dr. Dunica, about the about the premise of it.
1: So it's called In the Ladies' Room with Dr. Dunica. And the concept is to talk about every issue that affects women's health, and I use the broadest definition, and we've even discussed everything from dating. We had a great topic called uh, losing your virginity after divorce, Uh, but we've also discussed the Me Too movement, domestic violence, and everything in between. You and I talked about the impact of stress on your health and the health consequences, and you confessed to being a workaholic, which everybody who knows you was not surprised. No. Uh, And talked about the health consequences that you suffered from that. But the concept was to talk about women's health issues the way you and I would talk about it if we just ran into each other in the ladies' room and we were standing online and had to talk about something, Uh, as opposed to the way we would talk about it much more formally if you were in my examining room. Um, And most of the stuff I've done on television and in the media has been very professional, very formal. You know, I really haven't used a whole lot of personal anecdotes or personal stories, and we wanted to do something a little different, uh, and still using humor as the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down.
0: I love it. It's fantastic. It's such a great premise, and you know, I- I'll warn you, Dr. Denica, and I-, I-, I told you this before we we did your show, but. I, uh, I was a drug dealer in my former life. So I sold pharmaceuticals and I used to pick my doctor's brains all the time. I mean, like we would have those pharmaceutical lunches
1: everybody talks about. and I'd be like, so
0: let's talk about this thing I've got going on. So <laughs> I love, I love. And it.
1: doctors are used to that. You know, yeah. people come up to us at cocktail parties. Um, the way I used to deal with that, if I wasn't in the mood to deal with whatever the question is, would say, I'm happy to answer any of your GYN questions, so long as you're willing to lie down right here and have your pap sphere. <laughs>
0: what a great way. Oh my And, gosh,
1: what a- and nobody crazy. took me up on it.
0: I can't um, imagine. What a great antidote for that. One of the things that women entrepreneurs always ask is, how do you get out of the friend zone? People coming mm-hmm. up and just asking for your advice. So there you go. <laughs> Dr. Donica <laughs> says just have them lie down right there and we'll do your GYN exam. Yeah. I love it.
1: Uh, One of the biggest problems that doctors have with their friends and their personal sphere are people wanting us to write them prescriptions. So you joked about being a drug dealer. Uh, My daughter actually is very anti taking any medicines if she doesn't have to. And when she was a teenager, I was trying to get her to take, I don't know, you know, Tylenol for, you know, flu symptoms or something. And she's like, mom, you're just like a a drug dealer. And I said, no, the difference between me and a drug dealer is I have a license to give drugs. (laughs) But one of the most frustrating things for doctors are when their friends and family and neighbors hit them up for things which are really inappropriate. So the first category is antibiotics. My number one, first of all, antibiotics are way overused in our society and we're getting a serious problem with antibiotic resistance. Mm -hmm. So that when you really need them, they may not work. Even for something like strep throat, 30% of strep throat infections do not respond to the first line of antibiotic therapy anymore. So we have to go to a higher level of antibiotic uh, for that infection. And it's much worse with serious infections. Sure. Um, but anyway, my number one cardinal rule, and this is what I say to people, and I think you do need like a, a formal statement that you say when people ask you certain things that are inappropriate. So my formal statement on antibiotics um, is if you're sick enough to be on antibiotics, you're sick enough to see a doctor. Yeah, Man, that's um, so true. And most of the time, your friend zone people want antibiotics. It's for a viral infection.
0: Yeah.
1: And I could give you all the antibiotics in the world, and that's not going to help the common cold, yeah. or it's not going to help you if you have the flu. And this year, the flu is terrible. And there are many people who do get really sick and then get what's called a secondary infection. Yep. So they may have the flu first, and then it may turn into bronchitis or pneumonia, uh, but that's a secondary bacterial infection. Sometimes, sometimes it's also viral, um, and then you may need antibiotics. But you definitely need to be seen by a doctor. And yeah. then the other category, of course, and I guess the people in my friends that know better than to ask me this, um, are people who seek out pain medication yeah. from their friends and family who are doctors. And you know, there's been a lot of attention paid to the opioid crisis. However, there are many other types of pain medicines that are not opioids, but still, my feeling is if you need a prescription pain medication, it's time for you to see your doctor. Now, there are many times patients will just want um, their prescription renewed, and they'll say, can you just renew this for me? And I'll say, it's just as easy for you to call your doctor to renew it as it is to call me to renew it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What I love about that is boundaries. So we talk, I talk with female entrepreneurs all the time about boundaries and so you, have have, you have to have hard and fast boundaries, right? And so mm-hmm. it, people talk about, well, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. That's fine. I, but, but you've got to protect yourself first. If you're not looking out for yourself, nobody else is going to do that for you. So you've got to have those boundaries, whether it's your time, whether it's prescribing habits, if you're a physician, whatever, mm-hmm. it's your responsibility. It's your obligation to look out for yourself.
1: The time issue is one I still struggle with. Well, as do I. Yeah, that's, that's the hard thing. And especially in terms of giving medical advice, because that's what I love to do. Yeah. And, you know, I'm great at telling other people what to do. Not so great <laughs> at following it myself. But it's a, it's a whole long, lengthy conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. And if we're
1: standing online in the ladies' room, I'm happy to do it. But then there have been times when that has gotten into an extra 15 minutes. Yeah, and usually there's somebody waiting for you outside the ladies' room. Exactly, exactly. Well, we're and he's gonna, not always so patient. No, we're going to
0: legally pick your brain today. We're okay, gonna, we're gonna
1: legally was, pick your brain. with my consent.
0: Yes, with your consent. So thank you very much because it's not very often that you get the opportunity to sit down with a a world-renowned expert like yourself and pick your brain. And so I, 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 the topic that I want to talk about is depression. Mm-hmm. and there are a couple of reasons for that. The first reason is, and you and I talked a little bit about this before the top of the show, but, you know, as as entrepreneurs who, most of, of my audience runs an online business, and so we are stuck huh, by choice in our house, in our, in our office, in our house, and when we don't see outside of these walls, and, you know, like other people who go in and go to work, and it can be very lonely, mm-hmm. and I feel like there is this unspoken, um theme of depression that runs through our industry and so I'd love to talk about first of all how do you know if you're just de- if you're clinically depressed need medication compared to you know what you're sad and you've been
1: inside too long and
0: you need some human interaction what is there a way it's to tell um
1: yeah. so here's what I always say about any medical question that begins with how do you know if okay you don't Min- much of the time, you don't know, and that's not your responsibility. That's your doctor's responsibility. Your responsibility is to pick up the phone and make a phone call. So, if you're even thinking, "Am I, I, am I depressed, or I may be depressed?" That's when it's time to make the phone call. And your doctor's not going to yell at you or put you down or make fun of you if you go in and you're not actually depressed. <laughs> yeah. You know, they may say, you know, you're know, you going through a rough time, you're sad, you're isolated. Many times, I would rather write a prescription for somebody to go to the gym three times a week or to go to the nail salon or to get a massage than to get an antidepressant therapy. However, sometimes it's really necessary. So what are the hallmarks? What are the things that should take you to the doctor? First of all, any uncontrolled crying, or crying for, you know, no reason. Um, any overreaction or emotional situation where everybody you meet seems to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> chances are there's something wrong with you. Actually, we used to say, how do you know if you have PMS? You know, everybody, <laughs> everybody else is a problem. Yes. Um, and PMS, of course, is somewhat, is a, as a type of, a subtype of depression. Um, And then there's also severe forms of PMS called PMDD. Certainly if you have symptoms that vary with your cycle, uh, that's a problem. If you're getting feedback from your friend zone and your friends and family that your behavior is off, if you can't sleep, or similarly, if you can't wake up, you know, there's lots of people who, especially when they work at home, if they don't have an appointment in the morning, it's very easy to you know, hit the snooze button on the alarm and just sleep for an extra two hours. Yeah. If you feel like you have no energy, one of the things that people very commonly say to me when they have depression is I just felt like the tank was empty, like my gas tank was empty and I just didn't have my get up and go. If you're not interested in your normal activities of daily living, and that you know may include sex if you're not interested in that anymore, Um, although then we have to also talk about if that's a partner issue. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, if you're not interested in exercise, if you're gaining weight for no apparent reason, um, if you're trying to get energy from food, so you're actually eating too much. Um, and you know, they, if you just feel off now, what's really important for women who have these symptoms, who, especially the women, you know, in your group that are like thirties and forties and fifties, there's many other medical conditions that can cause those same exact symptoms. So that's why it's so important to go to your doctor. The number one thing your doctor is going to do, obviously from a, you know, they're going to talk to you and then do a physical exam. But the number one thing as far as a diagnosis is we want to make sure you don't have a thyroid problem. Thyroid problems are very commonly mistaken for depression and treating a thyroid problem is a whole lot easier than treating depression. Yeah. Um, depression is what we call a diagnosis of exclusion. So we have to rule out other things. The other thing is that many women who are in their forties are getting into that sort of perimenopause mm-hmm. timeframe, which can be up to 10 years before menopause and that's where your hormones are just all out of whack and you may have some menopausal symptoms, even though you're, already having, if, even though you're still having periods. Uh, your periods may be coming heavier, they may be becoming uh, more irregular, but they're still there, so you're not officially in menopause. And then once you go into menopause, you can have lots of symptoms of menopause that may make you think that you have depression. The other issue is sleep. We have a huge sleep deficit in this country. And we also have this culture where we sort of wear it like a red bag of badge of courage. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I only got six hours sleep last night. Oh, that's nothing. I only got five and a half hours sleep. Oh, I was up all night you know, with my newborn. So we have this sort of competitive thing where we almost think like sleeping is a weakness. Sleeping is a necessity, And getting regular, refreshing sleep is a necessity. There are many things that interfere with sleep, and I generally divide them up into internal problems. So a problem with you versus external problems, like the dog next door barking all night, or the people in the next apartment making tons of noise, or your newborn crying. That doesn't mean there's an endogenous problem with you. That's something external, and I can't help you with that. But with the internal sleep problems, Again, we want to we always make sure to rule out a thyroid problem. We want to make sure to rule out a hormonal problem. Uh, women generally have sleep disturbances during all the times of what we call hormonal transition. So that's when you're having your period, when you're postpartum, when you're pregnant, uh, when you're going through perimenopause and menopause. And even teenage girls, when they're first getting their periods and they're off their cycle. The other thing that affects a lot of women in this age group is when they have teenagers <laughs> and their teenagers are going, they think, I mean, the number one thing uh, that mothers of teenagers will tell you once they have their driver's licenses that keep them up at night is when the kids aren't home yet.
0: Oh my gosh. That's, I dread that. Like that's it makes my really heart scary to think about.
1: Yeah. Cause then you've given them a weapon of mass destruction.
0: Yes. I swear <clears> I was driving the other day and I thought, I'm gonna run for office just so I can raise the driving list. It's getting too freaking close, and it sounds funny, but it's really not. Like, like you said, it is a weapon of mass destruction. Really is. One mistake, one screw up, one I'm not paying attention. I'm looking at my cell phone, and I I'm looking at my
1: makeup in the mirror, and I'm doing my hair.
0: And all the Um, shit that I did too, but all the shit that I know I did and got. So I
1: grew up. I grew up in New York City. And in oh. New York City, the driving age when I grew up and still is 18. Really? So you cannot get a driver's license in New York City until you're 18 years old. So I do think there's a lot to be said for that. I'm sure everybody who works for an insurance company will back me up on that. Yeah. But th- that's, that's a very stressful circumstance. So you know, back to how does this all relate to depression? The other issue I want to talk about with depression that's huge is this issue of social isolation. So you talked about, you know, a lot of women entrepreneurs uh, and I have a home office. Um, We're on the computer much of the day. We are doing a lot of social media interactions and we're keeping up with our friends through social media. But you may want to just kind of look at your calendar and say, okay, when was the last time I had a girl's night out? When was the last time I just met a friend for lunch? Uh, When was the last time I had a regular workout buddy? You know, and those things are so critically important to our well-being. And again, it's something you can think about if you're thinking you're depressed, it's something you may want to talk to your doctor about. So, or a friend, you know, your friends, every one of us has that friend or we need that friend who is brutally honest. Yeah. (laughs) And you say, you know, have I seemed off to you lately? Or if you haven't seen that friend in a long time, that may also be an indication that there's something else you know, more serious going on. Now, the other thing I want to talk about with respect to depression is for people who already have pre-existing medical problems. And here's where myself and my colleagues often drop the ball with depression. Suppose you have a family member who is, uh, has cancer, and you're their caretaker. And you start exhibiting signs of depression, many times, Patients will kind of blow that off, family members will blow that off, and even your doctor will blow that off because they'll say, oh, of course she's depressed. Her, you know, sister has cancer or her mother has cancer. That doesn't mean that the depression shouldn't be treated. Just because the depression is caused by an external factor that is not technically your problem doesn't mean the depression shouldn't be treated. And that's the same thing if you have cancer. Now, there's a quarter of a million women in the United States a year who are diagnosed with breast cancer. Getting depression while you're getting treated for breast cancer is very common. We know from numerous studies that if you have the depression treated, it's also easier to treat and recover from your breast cancer treatment. The same is true with heart disease. Unfortunately, we're seeing more and more women have heart disease at younger ages because we're doing a terrible job with our diet and exercise and lifestyle habits. Um, and if you get heart disease or if you are recuperating from a heart attack, you are very likely to have depression. But we've shown that when that depression is also treated in addition to treating the primary problem, the patient recuperates much better and much more successfully. That
0: makes total sense to me from, a, from an academic level. I mean, it, you know, it goes back to studies that you talk about Uh, or that I can remember reading when I was in college about patients who seem to exhibit signs of hope and signs of positivity compared to patients with similar conditions. I know, you know, no patient is the same, but similar conditions who feel hopeless, who say they feel hopeless. And, and, you know, the majority of the time, those patients who felt hopeless, their outcome wasn't near as positive as the ones who had hope in their life or positivity. So I can see how treating depression, you know, with any sort of, of other... Uh, co- co- comorbid type experience would absolutely improve the outcome as far as yeah. treatment makes and hope-
1: hopeless. Is hopeless is a great word that I should have used in talking about symptoms of depression because if you're feeling hopeless, that's almost by definition that you're depressed.
0: So, let's talk about the, the science of depression when someone is depressed. I mean, so we've all or probably the majority of us have heard about serotonin, norepinephrine, um, and and um.
1: Yeah, tell us about that. That's that's a a much more lengthy discussion. And quite honestly, I am not the best person to have that discussion. I think the discussion that your uh, audience needs to hear is, so you're having all these feelings, you might be depressed, what do you do about it? And I've already said, you call your doctor, you make an appointment. Um, Lots of women ask me, which doctor do I go to? And the answer is whichever one you feel most comfortable with or is most like your primary care physician. And that may also be a nurse practitioner. Um, It may also be a therapist, if you already have a therapist. Um, What are the treatment options? The treatment options, first of all, you're going to have to make a diagnosis. If you have depression, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to be on medication. And I get that. For people who have mild to moderate depression, they may not need medication. They may need a structured exercise program. So we know that somebody who gets aerobic exercise for just 20 minutes, five times a week, that can have the same effect as a uh, antidepressant medication. Again, for somebody who has mild depression, Um, for people of moderate to severe depression, they definitely need not only medication, but also talk therapy. And most of the time it's not enough to do one or the other. So they need, just to clarify, they need talk
0: therapy, and if it's moderate to severe, talk therapy, and perhaps pharmaceutical
1: intervention. Right. And the other thing I want to tell people is, even if your doctor recommends medication, that doesn't mean you have to be on that forever. Yeah, there are many people who need to be on antidepressant therapy for a few months to kind of get them through a rough, rough patch, to kind of help them get to the point where they can then take control of their situation. You know, um, it, it just, one of the things I like to say is it just all depends on everything. Yeah. You know, it all depends on everything that's going on in your life, um, everything that's going on in your health, uh, what other medications you might be taking, because mm-hmm. there's some other medications that may cause depression, um, and really sleep, diet, and exercise. You know, so, those are the six things that are really. Yeah, relevant here
0: so for any of our listeners who are sitting here and they're thinking yeah it is sort of lonely behind the computer um you know I, I I'm not you not at all using the word hopeless but looking at their calendar and sort of checking and saying gosh I haven't been out with my girlfriends in a while yeah maybe I do feel a little uh um unplugged maybe sad, maybe want to hit snooze for a little mm-hmm. bit longer, pull the covers over her head and lose it. Which is
1: okay of- once in a while, Absolutely Just not of every single day. Yes. The, the other thing that's an issue for a lot of women who work at home, uh, if they're not doing things like Facebook Live and, and video teleconferencing, it's very easy to not get up and shower and do your hair yep. and do your makeup and yep. be in your baggy sweats all day. And when you're in your baggy sweats all day, it's very easy not to notice that you gained 20 pounds in the past yeah, three years. So, you know, that's another thing that I do recommend is that people actually get up, exercise ideally first thing in the morning, and then, you know, get showered and dressed the same way you would do if you go to an office. Why exercise first thing in the morning? Because it gets it done. That's the first it thing, it, it also raises your energy level. Okay. It your energy level for the whole day. Um, For women who are also trying to do a weight loss regimen, it helps you burn extra calories the whole day. Got it. But it gets it off your to-do list. Um, And also, if you go to a gym, this is the other trend that we've seen. Uh, People are doing what's called cocooning, which means that they have the treadmill or the elliptical in their basement. Um, They're trying to do every, they're working at home. They're trying to do everything at home to save time and save commuting and also save money. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like to join a gym because it's expensive, or then they've got to change and then they've got to get there and it's a hassle. Mm-hmm. But going to a gym, uh, before we called them gyms, we called them health clubs. It's a, it's a club. You know, it's a social environment. You're with other people, even if you're not talking to other people. Although when we did the In the Ladies' Room podcast, I've given people permission to also think about it as a locker room. Um, so sometimes we get into locker room talk. Um, but you know, that's really good for us as people. So one of the things I recommend to uh, people is to make sure you have one social activity every day. You know, whether it. that's with your friends, whether that's with your family, or whether that's with total strangers. This is why you sort of the family dinner concept is yeah. so good for parents and for children, because it gets to kind of sit down, be together, break bread together, and just have that, even if it's only 20 or 30 minutes, you know, it kind of gives us that routine and that time. And and we like that. But if there are friends that you haven't seen, my my father said this to me once when I was very depressed in college in my junior year, I was just fed up with everything. Um, And I was overworked and I was swimming four hours a day, plus I was pre-med, plus I had a part-time job. And um, I went home for the weekend just to kind of relax. And I said, I'm not going back there, I hate everybody. (laughs) I can't stand it there. It was winter, it was gloomy. And my father said to me, make a list of all the people who you could talk to for 30 minutes. And if you had to stop the conversation at 30 minutes, you would want to continue it. And I said, that's ridiculous, there's nobody I could stand, there's nobody I could have a conversation with for 30 minutes. And my father was not the kind of guy you said no to. Mm -hmm. So I had to do this exercise. And I really recommend it to everybody because at first it was like pulling teeth. And then I said, oh yeah, what about this person and this person and this person? And then eventually had a list. And the punchline was, those were not the people I was spending time with. The people I was spending time with were people who sucked my blood. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know how there's some people who try to build their energy levels by taking- Energy vampires, energy.
0: that's what they're called in the all-in-one world, energy vampires. And I, when I first heard that, I was like, wait, what? And they said that exactly what you're saying. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know exactly
1: what you're talking about. But there's other people like you, when I talk to you, I feel like my energy immediately increases. (sighs) Those are the people that you want to spend time with. And look at your group of friends. And if you don't have have more people who build your energy than who suck your energy, uh, then you've kind of really need to think about getting some new different interests or more interesting friends.
0: That's a great way to look at it. I love that. I think, you know, I think to to Hallie Anna, she's nine. And I think about, you know, she's starting to get into that phase, that girl drama phase. And we, we always say this is a drama free house, but somehow she and I are both dramatic. So (laughs) we were having a conversation just last night about just girl drama. And I said, sweetheart, if you're not with people who build you up and make you feel good, then you're with the wrong people. And I'm not saying that they have to brag on you like mommy and daddy do. That's not what I mean by build you up. But if you're getting this feeling in your stomach where you're sick and you don't want to play with them, you need to find a new core group of friends because they're not doing for you what friendship should do. Mm -hmm. Same sort of thing Mm -hmm. with energy vampires.
1: Well, and this is why team sports are so great, especially for girls. Because, you know, on a team, you've got a coach who's actively saying you have to support each other. You have to build each other up. You have to cheer each other on. Um, and so they have an adult who's giving them that input, uh, but they're also doing an activity and it's very, in general, very constructive. Sometimes, you know, the team is not working and it's dysfunctional and sometimes you need to change teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a great metaphor for us in, you know, as adults. Yeah. Sometimes we need to change gears and sometimes we need to change teams. Sometimes we need to change us. And that's, I think, the hard thing for people to look in the mirror and say, I've got to change us. Now, one of the things that's very easy when you're depressed and and a hallmark of depressed is blaming other people for your problems, right? Mm -hmm. So what I hear a lot, even from my own friends, is a lot of complaining about how, oh, so and so never calls me. And I always crack up at that. The phone works two ways. (laughs) If they're not calling you- You can call or you can even text, which is, you know, so easy to do. Um, you know, I have a friend who, you know, just because of life circumstances, we haven't seen each other in a long time. And she sent me a one, a two word text last night. And it was just dinner soon, question mark. And it was, you know, it was just great. Yeah. And, And it was, there was no reason that we haven't seen each other in a long time. Just neither one of us picked up the phone. Sure you know, or sent a text or sent an yeah. email. And yeah. then, you know, it just kind of builds on each other. It know, the does. Other thing is when you're tired and when you're getting older and you have a million gazillion work responsibilities, especially computer type work, because it's always there 24 seven, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you can feel like, oh, let me send these four more emails. Um, or if you can't sleep at midnight, you're saying, oh, let me just, up, you know, update my social media feed you know, and then that gets to be a half an hour or an hour, you know, it's a time suck and it pulls you away. Uh, one of the best advice I uh, heard in that regard was from Tim Ferris, who says, you know, check your email once in the morning and check it once, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon or yep. whatever time works for you. Um, and the same with your social media feed, you know, put yourself on a schedule, you know, don't be on it all. the yeah, time. Absolutely. It's one of the, the things that we teach. Um,
0: and teach people to do is set you know even if you're in the house set work hours and and that is and those are like corporate america work hours when you're there you're there you're not doing the laundry you're not cooking you're not you're doing as if there is a boss there mm-hmm. um you know and then when work hours are over if you can physically shut the door to work like have an office if you can where you can shut the door and say that is the office and now i am here with family and i'm wow. present and i'm going to enjoy this One of the best things I ever stopped doing was when my alarm went off, picking up my phone and checking my email Mm -hmm. because inevitably there's something in there that's got, Oh, it's got to get done. And it's got to get me stressed. And I'm trying to get Hallie Ann out the door and she's picking up on my stress Our mornings are so much better because I don't touch that Mm -hmm. email yeah. Until I sit down and I check it once in the morning. Well, I did
1: something worse for the past year and I've just stopped doing it. What's that? That, that was, I was checking Twitter first thing in the morning oh! and, seeing, and seeing the news of the day. Oh, gosh. Which is gosh. extremely yeah. depressing. Yeah. Um, but I was just feeling like, of what happened overnight? You know, what crisis? You know,
0: well, there's been so much. Twitter, there's, there's so much drama on Twitter anyways right now. Right. And the,
1: and the news is real drama. It's really it's happening. Really, it really yeah. affects us, but it affects us so much more when we take it into our lives, especially first thing in the morning, um, yeah. you know, before you've even had your coffee. So, you know, those are all things. I think the other thing is, um, you know, with depression, it just gets very easy to ignore it and very easy. And women feel a lot of guilt Yeah. Um, And, you know, obligations, a lot of conflicts, values, conflicts, you know, we want to be a hundred percent there for our kids and we want to be a hundred percent there for our work. And it's very, very difficult to um, create that balance uh, for working mothers. Uh, I'm finally at the point where my children are both out of college and, you know, both taking care of themselves, but still, once you're a parent, you're always a parent you know, and that's always going to take up part of your brain. But I feel like so much time in my day has become available to me because now I just have to really worry about what I need to do.
0: Yeah. The number one question I'm asked above all questions in the last six years has Mm -hmm. been, how are you a mama and run a business that is successful? How do you balance it all? And my answer has always been, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't. There are days when you know, like right now I'm looking out at the hotel room and there's a laundry basket here. And I would, I would be mortified if somebody came in and mm-hmm. saw what it looks like. We do have on clean underwear today. Thank mm-hmm. God. Cause my husband did laundry, but there are days when it's not pretty, yeah. but it just is. We love each other. We do the best we can. But I think that people have this, this preconceived notion that, that there's a, there's always balance and that you, I used to believe that too. It just doesn't feel like balance. That's because the, it's not balanced. You can't be fully present at work and fully present for your kid right. at the exact same time. It is not humanly possible.
1: I think we have to really be clear about defining what balance is. Yeah, Balance is when both sides are kind of weighing each other out. Balance yeah. does not mean perfect. Balance does not mean 50-50. Uh, balance does not mean the same thing every day balance and the concept of balance means that you want to honor your priorities. So your priorities may vary from day to day. Uh, The priority might be getting to your child's soccer game or the priority might be getting to a meeting. Now I know I am a, I'm a terrible person to talk about this because I did it by robbing Peter to save Paul. Yes. I did a lot of red eyes I did a red eye one time. My daughter was um, in the mommy and me class when she was two years old. And I was speaking at uh, actually a meeting in Las Vegas. Um, the meeting ended like, I don't know, just in time. I had the car pick me up at the hotel, race me to the airport, you know, run through security. And I got there just in time for the last flight from Las Vegas to New Jersey had the limo driver in New Jersey, pick me up right outside the gate at the airport. We raced there and the babysitter brought my daughter to school and she didn't even know that I had been to Las Vegas and back since she went to sleep. You know, it was just crazy. Yeah. Um, And that is not balance. No. That is making it all work. That is doing everything. And what I always tell women is, yes, you can have it all. You can do it all just not at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to let go of perfectionism.
0: I remember. Perfectionism Perfectionism is
1: the enemy of balance.
0: It is. That's a great thing. I remember one time and I shared this with you, I believe on, on your podcast, but I was in a meeting. I was, I was late. It was running over. Hallie had a soccer game it was cold outside i was i had been speaking in a sleeveless dress now i remember I, I put on in the car on the way to the soccer game i put on i ripped off my heels i put on blue jeans under this really nice dress i mean like the outfit i looked like a hobo i put on a coat over this i had on pearl earrings heels this high i looked like i had on a prom dress and blue jeans and i got to the soccer game and i sat down and my husband looked at me and went "tough day" i was like i'm here like at the end of the day, I am here. And when she looks out across the soccer field, she will know. And it was so funny because I had a couple of moms come up to me and say, hey, what, what you got going on there? Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is all the rave in Paris. blue." <laughs> you'll be seeing it soon.
1: So, so that brings so, up a couple of other, a couple of other points. I think the first thing is to admit, you're not, we're not doing that for them. We're doing that for us. You know, at the end of the day, it is not a crisis for them if you're not at every soccer game. Although of course the one soccer game I ever missed that my son was in, he got a broken arm. So when we talk about feeling tremendously, tremendously guilty, Um, we're doing that for us because we have a need. First of all, we enjoy it and we admit that. Second of all, that's also part of our socialization. Uh, But the tip I would give women is to always keep a pair of slip-on sneakers in the car.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: That is okay. really a lifesaver. And my other tip is don't wear heels unless you absolutely have to, and then change them. So what I would do when I do television is I will literally, I have my slip-on Nike sneakers, I walk right up to you know, the set, and then I sit down, and then I change my sneakers and put, just slip them off and slip on the heels then. And then as yeah. soon as the camera goes off, The heels come off and the sneakers come on. And I learned that from Juju Chang, who is a great, she still is a great uh, television anchor. Uh, I saw under the desk one time, she was wearing pink bunny slippers. (laughs) I
0: love it. That's fantastic. I love it, I love it, I love it. Well, I
1: could talk to you all day. Doctor. Likewise, this is a huge topic. I think the most important thing for women is to just recognize when there's a problem and then talk to your doctor and start taking the steps to fix that problem. And yeah. don't feel like you are the only one who has to solve the whole thing.
0: I think that that's the biggest takeaway for me is don't feel like you have to solve it because I want to, I always want to go in, Not I don't want to be the doctor. I, in no way do I have a God complex and, and want mm-hmm. to come in and say, I know more than you because I don't not that doctors have a cognitive complex, but I don't want to go in and medical school. I don't want to do that, but I also like to be informed. And so I don't, you know, I, I, I think just just having permission to say, hey, something's off here. And you know what? No, I haven't read the research about it. And no, I don't know if, my ser- if I think it's serotonin and norepinephrine or whatever. I, I just know that something's off and here's how I'm feeling and let them be the expert. You know, let them do what they're meant to do
1: yeah and I think I think another really useful tip is in terms of preparation, go in with a list of questions. yeah, so we make a list when we go to the grocery store. we should be able to make a list when we go to the doctor because it is overwhelming you the doctors are always pressed for time Absolutely. Um, and yeah. you always forget like one of your top most important questions, so write down the questions and that also helps you ask things that might be difficult or embarrassing or that you might feel some guilt or shame about is that if you're looking down at the paper and just reading your questions, yeah. it's a lot easier.
0: I wonder, I wonder even a list of symptoms. What do you think? Like, these are the five Absolutely. things that Absolutely. led me to come in.
1: Absolutely. And a list, you know, bring, always bring a list of all the medications Cart that medications. you're on. And that includes over-the-counter medications, yeah. um, vitamin supplements, and herbal preparations.
0: Absolutely. Dr. Danica, thank you so much for sharing. My pleasure. With the, it's
1: thank you it's an me. honor to
0: have you. I, I, uh, I have loved my, my interactions with you and I have so much respect for what you do for women's health and the lights that you shine on topics, regardless, you know, that are easy to talk about or maybe that are not easy to talk about. So thank you for your expertise.
1: Thank you very much and don't be a stranger.
0: Absolutely. Anybody here who is watching who has questions you can hit Dr. Donica up at least not for not for free medical advice but you want to follow her on Twitter and we will we will plug that in on here for you as well as she has a great women's health website that we will plug in for you thank you for being here I believe in you and I believe in your business you can do this let's go